Did we think of any topics? I had one uh, about different types of pleasant feeling. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's this these suttas where the Buddha says, um, like, why why am I afraid of that type of pleasant feeling or pleasure mm. that has nothing to do with uh, sensuality and nothing to do with unwholesome states? Mm-hmm. And then, in relation to that. Uh, I was thinking about these similes that are given for um, the relief of abandoning the five hindrances, like the relief of paying off a huge debt or getting Mm. out of prison Mm. or uh, getting to safety after having been through the desert and so on. And so, like, obviously these particular examples in themselves, like for example the relief of paying off a debt, doesn't in itself constitute already a pleasure that is no, a part. No, of course, yeah. <clears throat> so, so what do those examples have actually in common with then the pleasure of sensuality? Hmm. And what and, and insofar as they actually kind of show the the principle of non-sensuality, then what's in what way do they, do they differ from? Yeah. So let's let's say like this. How, <coughs> for example, the um, paying off a debt. Yeah. So what is a debt of sensuality? So you imagine if you actually had to pay off a debt, mm-hmm. just colloquially speaking. Take the principle out of that and then recognize that principle in your attitude towards sensuality. Because you don't have jhanas because the debt of sensuality hasn't been paid. You're still still borrowing. Mm -hmm. You still keep yourself a a, a debtor. That's the problem. So um, what is that debt? What is that borrowing? That needs to be discerned. That needs to be seen in regard to sensuality. But uh, in, in the case of being a, just, just needing to pay a debt, how does that, uh, how does that feel? Like, how is that? Imagine like you go day by day, throughout your days, with a debt on your mind. Like you have borrowed something that's not yours, and you know, mm. you have to return it, or they come for it. Well, it's a burden. Uh so where is then where is yeah. then that debt in regard to sensuality? I mean, somebody might say I'm I'm living quite restrained. I'm not taking any sensual desires, yet there is still no jhana. What means that still hasn't been paid? So where is that borrowing? What are you taking up then? Where do you look for that? <clears throat> the senses. The senses, yeah. yeah. How are that practic? How is that practically manifested? Taking up of the senses. How are you taking up of the senses? By delighting in objects. Sure, that would be... F- delighting in objects would be fueling senses that are already taken up. Or rather, they would be fueling taking up of the senses that's already there. But, like you say, taking up of the senses, but you don't take up the eye. You don't consciously think, I'll take mm. up the eye. But yeah, by passing on to the objects, you've taken up the eye. But taking up the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the touches, all 
meets in taking up one thing. This a feeling. No. no. So, go on, you. So it sends itself. No, no. you. No. <laughs> it's it's basically the same thing in regard to which if you're not developed, you will oh, well, not be the, free from sensuality. The body, the body. Okay, exactly. In that sense, yeah. And it's the relationship with the body. the body, that's where the death is. And that's exactly what, it, like in that sutta, I think the word was talking about masculinity and femininity, but then brought it up and said, for as long as a person is not developed in regard to their own to body, their own, yeah. mm -hmm. there will be a sensual desire present. So it's, you start, of course, by withdrawing from the sense objects and so on, but fundamentally, that debt is maintained on the level of your own relationship with your own body, here and now, on a day-to-day -day basis. Ownership. Ownership, yes, but how is that, like, let's make it less abstract. Mm -hmm. How is that ownership practically manifested on a day-to-day -day basis? What is the attitude on a day-to-day -day basis that you might have in regard to your own body because of which you're actually still taking up loans? Mm -hmm. That it's precious, that it's pleasant. That is precious, that is pleasant, yeah. Even if you're not engaging in the pleasures of it, you might still be taking it as a basis of potential pleasure. Mm. And that in and of itself is a form of delight already. Yeah. So you're not seeing the peril of even a possibility of sensual pleasure. Thus, the possibility of sensual pleasure, although I'm not engaging actually, circumstances are keeping me restrained, I'm making the effort, I'm inspired, I'm determined, further away at the back of my mind, peripherally over there, the actual future possibility or any possibility or remote possibility of taking up or of experiencing sensual pleasure with the body is not seen as perilous to that extent and to that extent you still uh, you're still uh, a debtor you're still taking up things to that extent you have to pay that back so that's why in order to have the experience the pleasure of the first jhana you need to have completely relinquished these these uh, borrowings, these taking ups, these loans, and then it will be tr a true recognition, a thorough, complete recognition of I am that free. And you would know that because there will be nothing at the back of your mind lingering as a possibility that can serve for, oh, payback time now because you've mm. still been holding on to some, some kind of ambiguous aspects of valuing uh, pleasures that could be experienced through the body. So still delighting in them on some remote level. So, like, the possibility of somebody doing something or, 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 or anything Yeah, yeah not, nothing that. even specific, just to the fact that... Well, let's say, there you go. So, you don't have any specific <clears throat> provocations of desire. You're well restrained, but still there's no jhana. There can only be one reason for that, because you're still not dried up from sensuality. So, although you're not engaging, you're not kind of making yourself wet again, so to speak, with all these, like a swamp of desires, you are, on the other hand, not dry either. Why is that? So even if there are no specific things or specific uh, occasions that might bring up the desire, you're still not dry up. So what is the, what is the basis for... Well, what is the, the, the bare minimum that is a sufficient basis for delighting in sensuality? What would be the bare minimum? What is one thing you need to do or one thing you haven't done because of which you will still delight even if you're seeking nothing specifically? Not seeing it. Well, resisting. Exactly, yeah. not seeing the danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's it. You might be well protected, you might be well restrained, 
but you might also not be making the effort to thoroughly see the danger to the extent necessary so there is nothing, no matter how far at the back of your mind, uh, that maintains lingering of those values of pleasure on, on that level where it would occur, it's still nice, it's still not harmful. Mm. So it needs to be that, 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 that the knowledge of the harm needs to be seen through and through. And you will know you saw it when you have the pleasure of being debt free. So you can't say, I'm fully, I'm fully free from sensuality. I thoroughly saw the, the way out. I, I, I'm not taking up anything. But yeah, I still don't have jhana and that uh, pleasure that comes as a result of being that free. There's like one difference in the pleasure that comes with being debt free, as in nobody will put themselves into debt on purpose hmm. just to get the relief of paying hmm. off the debt. Yeah. Hmm. But so it's beginningless. Af uh, yeah. Yeah. But people, um, but people inflict <laughs> the debt of you inflict the pain of sensual desire on yourself yeah it kind of to get the relief from it well exactly so that's the thing so it's it's <clears throat> it's beginningless you can't say you were debt free and then you pick up the debt you just find yourself in debt because mm. you find yourself taking up the senses delighting in sense pleasures and you realize oh yeah people would incur more debt to get out of debt mm. Mm. people do that when you owe you borrow from somewhere else to pay this mm. to borrow from somewhere else to pay this and that's exactly what sensuality is I know scratching the itch makes things worse, but at that immediate level, it provides the relief that I have, that I don't have any, I have none of, so any relief. So relief from this debt is better, although I have borrowed from another person, so I'm technically still in debt, but at least I relieve this. So it's just moving. It's just sort of uh, having an active debt feels like it's better than just to recognize that you're always indebted. It's like, like covering up your eyes. Like, oh yeah, but no, see, I pay this person off, I don't own him. I got the pleasure from being debt free because I borrowed it from over here. But I won't look there for now. When that becomes unavoidable, I'll borrow from somewhere else to pay that off, just to deal with it when it comes, when the pressure comes too much. So fundamentally, you fully remain in that domain of debt. <clears throat> so it's the danger. It's not seeing the danger sufficiently, thoroughly, frequently enough. The delight, the delight would still linger, the possibilities would still be there, and uh, you won't be that free. Although, as I said, you might live your life perfectly restrained and withdrawn from sensuality. There is that other sutta which says, for as long as internally that has not been fully kind of um, uprooted, pushed out, so to speak, uh, the mind can still remain attracted to it. So you, you might have dried your sticks. Um, you might have taken the sticks out of the water, but they're still not thoroughly dried on on the inside. So you still can't light the fire. And that's it. It's just drying up things through contemplating the danger of the right things, of the right experiences, of the right of the right order. But then would that kind of imply that you still cultivate some delight on the mental level, at least? Would what imply that? Being almost sufficiently dry but still not experiencing the pleasure of uh, being yeah, yeah. yeah, because you still haven't and that's what I mean you would be cultivating that delight simply by not seeing the danger mm -hmm. nothing else required you don't need to be actively thinking about sensuality to still have mm -hmm. de yeah, a degree of delight to still have some degree of, of, of that
delighting in uh, to any degree in uh, objects of sensuality already has to imply delighting in the body as well. oh yeah 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 the body ha it has, has to have been taken up and and that's not it's on that level like you can kind of it's obvious enough that oh yeah like this is delightful this object mm. but you don't even you won't see you the body. Even it's, it's already on that it's negative peripheral level. Yeah, that. yeah. That's why the sensory strain needs to come first. That's what sensory sensory strain withdrawal, or, um, overcoming through not acting towards, overcoming concern towards the world, through basically not acting and engaging with the world, engaging with information, engaging with distraction. That sort of, as I said before, brings you back and then reveals that body that you are taking up. So then you can see it as a phenomenon there. Uh, as a basis of potential pleasure that then you choose to oh yeah I'll take this so that I engage with these objects that becomes more apparent but for as long as you're still distracted or immersed in the objects you, you, you're looking past it you're not seeing it yes so stepping take restraining stepping back yeah so it's like people say oh step back it's not a matter of in intention you can't choose to step back well you can but that's not the type of stepping back we're talking about you can have a sense of stepping back, sure, but the stepping back here is created by actually actively refusing to go back physically into the domain of sensuality through action, through body, speech, and so on. So basically keeping the precepts, guarding of the sense doors will push you back so that then you see the basis that you've been taking up at face value uh, with your sense of self, like to be yours, to be justifiably used for gaining pleasure and enjoyment in this world and that is this body so if you then contemplate the the uh, the danger of taking that up oh you won't have to worry about uh, enticing sense objects that's way too down the line now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so then you could kind of contemplate the well, the disgusting nature of the body. On that level. Yeah, yeah. What Only on the basis of, yeah. of thorough restraint and then discerning this body that endures while I'm restrained. You have to see it. It's not just... Because if people otherwise just take up contemplation of the disgusting body Through. while their mind is still on the level of sense objects, that's not the body they're yeah. contemplating. Mm -hmm. They're just going to, like... Uh, it's, it's, they're contemplating it through perverted order still. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't apply to what it yeah, should you apply. You have to contemplate the body, the disgusting body while not taking it up, having not taken it up. Having, having not taken it up through, through sense restraint yeah. and guarding of the sense doors, not for a night or two, but for much longer. It mm -hmm. takes time to dry up. It takes time for that aggregate of virtue to sort of gain weight, so to speak, and, 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 and be palpable there. But you would kind of recognize, well, if you're honest, whether you're doing it right or not, whether the contemplation of the disgusting nature yeah. is kind of on the level of objects and it's kind of like yeah. secondary or whether it's actually but the thing is even the honesty undermining the possibility of even the honesty comes up with withdrawal mm. yeah, yeah. so if people are not withdrawn they can think they're honest uh -huh. but then might not necessarily be honest yeah mm. so that's why first things first precepts and guarding of the sense doors uh, not distracting yourself and overcoming concern towards the the world joys and concerns not dealing with the world not mm. being engaged with it not being actively emotionally um, tied to it. Yeah. The, the, the pleasure of withdrawal would be determined by what you will be drawn from, by the peril, mm -hmm. by, the, by the weight, by the pain that you used to have on account of it. Because, mm -hmm. see, that's always, <clears throat> it's always at the back of your mind. 
every time you borrow, every time you take up that to that extent, um, the uh, uncertainty, you become liable to uncertainty, mm -hmm. to loss, to more pressure. And you know that every time. To sickness. To sickness, every time. So to the extent that you're taking things up to, from, from, from here, so I'm taking up, basically I'm relying to sense pleasures to, to avoid the pressure of the body, the, the fatigue of the senses, the, the pain of, of sensory strain. Uh, I know each time to the extent I take, to that extent I remain connected to uncertainty, to pain, to loss, to liability, to dukkha of any kind. But if you don't take it up at any, on any level and relinquish that which pressures you, i.e. the body, that natural fatigue we spoke about before, then it is, oh, this is truly blameless. Mm. I'm, I've relinquished the pain, I've relinquished the debt without incurring more debt. And, that's, and you would feel yeah. that at the back of your mind, that, that well, that um, release. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, a release that doesn't depend on doing anything exactly. or exactly. changing your circumstances yeah. on any level. On le that's yeah. the, that's the and way that's exactly why you did not difference. incur more debt by, by doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's what the Buddha recognized. Wait, why am I afraid of this pleasure that is blameless, that does not have more debt as its, as its base? Mm. Oh, let me then pursue it. So he pursued the pleasure of Vosaga, as we spoke before, the pleasure of relinquishing. But relinquishing needs to be done on the level of that which you're not relinquishing, <laughs> which is your body. You can't just go around, well, you can. I suppose it would be a useful practice in the beginning, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about relinquishing that necessary basis for your uh, state of debt, for your state of peril for the liability of dukkha, and that is your relationship with your own body, that's what you're taking up. That patiga, that discomfort of, of having this lump of flesh, this form, uh, you need to relinquish, having not being in, incurring, having not sort of constantly trying to cover it up by incurring more debt of sensuality and sensual pleasures. But then yes, relinquishing it would equal the release. Because you're not doing anything. You're just giving up that... You're just not taking what you used to take, what you're usually taking up. So it's not like you're replacing it with something else. You're giving it up. And that is the kind of, you could say, that's a prerequisite for jhana, that, that vasaka, that giving up, relinquishment. Contemplating relinquishment, the mind would enter the first jhana. Obviously relinquishment, as I said, of the right things on the right level. So what is that body then? Say somebody is properly restrained, withdrawn, overcoming concern, joys towards the world, not distracting themselves. How would you describe, from the internal point of view, you and the relationship with this body? What is it? How is it? How is it found? How do you not take it up? How do you relinquish it? Like, what I'm saying is, sense restraint, withdrawal, will kind of put you in a position to discern this body. But you have still have to discern it. Mm -hmm. For as long as a monk is not developed in regard to his own body, he's not free from sensuality. So, how is one developed in regard to his own body? How do you, how do you develop that? Um, like Alex was saying, developing disgust 
in regards to that. We're yeah? seeing it on the right level. S seeing the, the <coughs> seeing the discuss practicing the suba on the right level. Yeah. So. Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I that's, mean, it's very obvious. Yeah, that's the thing exactly. So There's when you are withdrawn coming. from centrality, yeah. when you are when you are um, not approaching your own body through the mm. perverted order of your own senses first, of your sense objects first, you would even here yeah, just contemplating skin, yeah. head, ears, teeth, literally, they're just things like these stones and soil and wood and grass, just in a particular pile. But same, you know, calcium and tissue and water and elements, that's it. That's it. Pile of stone, pile of wood, pile of flesh. So, from that peripheral point of view, as I said, the one that you have been withdrawn from, and you see your body there now as one of these things, that's like, yeah, that's, you don't need to do more to then discern the unownability of it and so on. You just need to protect it, maintain it. Uh, and then also, as I said before, contemplate the danger of um, losing the sight of the body on that level, yeah. which basically equals losing mindfulness. Because most people practice mindfulness through the perverted order of sense objects first, and then I, I feel my sensations and watch this as objects of my experience. Now you've got to withdraw yourself from all of that, stop engaging with it, to discern this body that's already here, necessary basis for any direction that I'm activating myself and, and doing it, and then start seeing that body that endures there, whether I think about it or not, as a, as a, as a, that's completely unownable, given, outside of, like I did not create it, shape it, form it, and I can certainly not step outside of it. Yet my whole perception, feeling, my whole intent, my whole experience, my whole being depends on the existence of it. Because if these elements that compose this body would just disintegrate, that's it. The aggregates could not remain, the rest of the aggregates could not remain standing. So if those contemplations, see, anybody can think these things, but if they're not resulting in release, in, in, in kind of furthering of the release, in furthering of, of, of kind of uh, losing the desire towards sense objects, then you're not contemplating on the right level. That means you're not, you still haven't taken your sticks even out of the water. Mm. You're not restrained. You're not no. restrained. You might be somewhat restrained or you might be more restrained than you used to be, but that's still not sufficient. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so if you are restrained, then it would actually kind of be hard not to do it on that's the right what I mean. level. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the Buddha would instruct people with a gradual training, they would have to result mm. in drying up, withdrawal, jhana, right view jhana, and so on. You would have to. So if it's not, oh, it's because you haven't completed this first. So you're trying to, to build the second and the third floor and so on, uh, while the, the basis is still like lacking, not complete. Yeah, because yeah, the danger of, like you, like you just said, the danger of losing mm. that kind of perspective mm. and mm. that sense of that danger. Yeah, that's the only thing you should be afraid of, by yeah. the way. You don't have to fear anything else. Mm. at all and he's like oh that's, that's a good deal instead of fearing everything and nothing I'll just fear this one thing losing the mindfulness mm. of the body on the right level which you're completely responsible which for which is entirely always like in my control mm -hmm. whether I do it or not is because I'm intentionally doing it or not um, and if that's all you protect well that's all you need to protect then everything else that happens and so on it's like it won't be a fault it won't be a 
it won't be a blameworthy thing because it's not done through the gateway of desire. Gateway of desire being taking up the body ignorantly dis- uh, through a distracted manner as a, as a basis for pleasure. Yeah. And something someone said in regards to that which inspires, well, can inspire a lot of sense of urgency is when you lose that perspective in whatever way there is no guarantee that you are getting back to it because if you distract Mm. distract yourself Mm. well enough you might be going down well you might run out of time time in the meantime you might be able to get back if you were to have time but Mm. you might not have time Mm. you don't know as I said contemplating the unknown ability of the body so it's not like so what do I do next what do I do next no this is what you do you just don't fall from this that's it so it is not like oh and then the next step and then the next step no just protect and purify this step as as Sadipatana Sutta says or he practices mindfulness of the body whichever way you want to translate it to the extent necessary for the final knowledge so he purifies the relationship between him and his own body relinquishes it to the extent necessary for final knowledge that's it for the final knowledge of his Aranjip, body complete <laughs> freedom yeah. relinquishing all ownership any base for suffering done yeah. and then he says oh if he doesn't get the Aranjip this life well then at least be a non-long return there are these other suttas yeah, yeah. so like you gotta do that directly. keep that yeah. just keep that that your work's done and the results of arahanship and so on will have to follow. If not, well, at least Anagami will have to follow. If that relationship is uprooted and relinquished on the right level and protected through sense restraint and gradual training. Yeah. So that how long that has to be done, that's not up to you. That's up to how much kilesa, how much obstructions you have had through the countless times of you know, engaging with samsara. So for some people, it would be, as the Buddha said, seven years of having to protect that. Some people would be seven months. Some people would be half a night. But as I always say, I think it's a, we can, it's a safe bet that today, two and a half thousand years after the Buddha, we are probably on that uh, longer end of that uh, spectrum. <laughs> yeah. so, 17 years. <laughs> but again... It's pleasant abiding here and now. So exactly. it's not 17 years of torture. Yeah. It's 17 years of reminding yourself how you're debt-free because mm. you relinquish the basis of pleasure and any further borrowing. So it's a win-win. You lose nothing, really. Exactly. If you relinquish yeah. things, you lose absolutely nothing. Exactly, yeah. yeah cannot. Yeah, that's exactly it.